trying to decide what voice that is. Is that Batman? Is that like a Gremlin? <laughs> Marvel versus DC. I'm Batman. <laughs> okay. All right. Check me. Am I subconsciously saying that DC is going to prevail in this? No. But I just wanted to give you that little delightful. I did watch some funny things about Marvel and DC and my preparation for this podcast. Aren't you lucky? Are you not going to do a Marvel voice to balance it out? I mean, well, is there a Marvel voice that equals the Batman voice? I don't know. I don't think so. How about uh, Baby Spider-Man? Hi, everyone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a good thing. Get that in there. It's a good thing that this is on Zoom. <laughs> By the way, we're not talking about Baby Spider-Man today. Talking about cartoon Spider-Man. All right, now let's clarify. This is Marvel versus DC. We chose six heroes between the two studios. We've got three. This was a heavily discussed format. And by heavily discussed, I mean uh, me with slit eyes staring at Richard. So um, anyway, we picked three. (laughs) We picked three uh, heroes from each studio. We, we picked Spider-Man, um, Iron Man, Captain America for Marvel. DC, we picked Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And then we went for the highest rated, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, to pick the movies, which ended up being um, Wonder Woman, not 1984, the original, Wonder Woman, Captain America Winter Soldier, Superman, the 1978-79 with Christopher Reeves, we said Dark Knight um, with Kristen Bale and Heath Ledger. And what, what am I missing? Into the Spider-Verse. Did I miss any of them? Did I say Iron, Iron Man. Man. Iron Man. There you go. That's equal opportunity. So on the Marvel side, we have Into the Spider-Verse, Captain America Winter Soldier, and Iron Man, the very first. And then on the DC side, we have Superman, Christopher Reeves, Wonder Woman original, (laughs) and Dark Knight, Christian Bale. (laughs) I I had to divide them. You had them all mixed up with Marvel and DC. I had to. (laughs) For all the people, OCD. There you go. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. (laughs) There we go. That's how it's delineated. Well, they're all mixed up in my mind now because of how we've been preparing for this podcast. Now, I've seen each of these uh, a good number of times, but I legitimately watched them again Um, and did some research, a little bit of research. I'm sure you did as well. Someone told me that I was being very closed-minded about this before we even did the episode. And so... And I bet I would agree. (laughs) I'm like, I know exactly what he's going to say. You you agreed with yourself because you said it. (laughs) Um, uh, So... I did too, but um, I did my due diligence, and I went back and I I gazed upon these things once more and tried to do so with an open mind. So, all right, (laughs) okay. So, without further ado, what is your week in Marvel versus DC? My week film is Superman. Okay. I, my breath caught just a little bit there. My week film is Wonder Woman. Okay, my breath just caught a little there. <laughs> Me too. And like, P.S. guys, 
this is not easy. Potentially, no. probably the hardest podcast we've ever done. Like I have knots in my stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> because these are good films and Rotten Tomatoes, speaking of which, none of these movies ranks lower than a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes critics score. I mean, that that's something to marvel at. <laughs> uh-huh. Wink. That's something to marvel at because it's a superhero film. It, they're blockbusters, they're popcorn films to a certain extent. So anyway, so why why is uh, Superman your week, Richard? There's so many things about the movie that are iconic, right? First and foremost, you got Christopher Reeve. I mean, when I think of Superman, as much as I have a fondness for, for other Supermen out there and other Clark Kent's out there, he's, he's the one when the picture comes up in my head, it's him. Um, so he's iconic. The score by John Williams is amazing. Um, you've got Gene Hackman in there who, um, you know, is, is a legendary actor. I think he's one of the best actors of the past 60 years. He's, he's phenomenal. Um, so you have some, and you've got Marlon Brando in there. You've got Richard Donner directing. There's, there's all these things that stack up in its favor. And yet, this is the, in terms of pacing, it is by far the slowest film of any of the ones on this list. It's an origin story, and it takes a long time for us to get to the point where we get grown-up Clark Kent, grown-up Superman um, to that point. And it, it takes a while to get there, and it almost feels like two different movies as a result um the ending is absurd it is <laughs> laughable it is what it is let me fly around the planet so fast that i reverse the the turn of the planet which somehow turns back time mm-hmm. and reverses the 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 time space this should be a timey-wimey romance movie Mm -hmm. um that brings time back to the point where i can save the people that i care about and that makes no sense whatsoever and it it takes the steam out of any adventure he has after that point because if he has any real problems he'll just go back up and fly around the earth a few times but he does not do that and he'll fix it um, but he does not do that in, in the sequels, which we're not even going to talk about those. Um, and part of this is not the movie's fault because um, Richard Donner directed this. He also directed Superman 2. And then in the middle of filming both of these movies, he was unceremoniously booted out of the process. And so Superman 1 and 2 are kind of cobbled together pieces of an original Richard Donner production and as a result they don't always go together in a nice smooth way as they would have had he been able to complete the project from beginning to end um, but Lex Luthor is 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 a fine villain I suppose but ultimately there's not much there um, for me uh, yeah it's just it it's iconic for a reason, but it doesn't quite hit the same strides as the other movies on this list for me. 
All right. So let me address some of these things. <clears throat> it's the oldest oh, yeah. film on our list by a long shot. By a and long I, And I think that that's the, your problems with it are because of that. Oh yeah. A, a lot it's, of it's a product. It's a product of its time. And mm -hmm. the fact that it takes so long for him to get through is like a normal thing for movies of that time period. I think it speaks to its strength that it's on our list because it is slower in the beginning because things didn't get really changed up in that way until Iron Man, until Marvel started coming out. And maybe, maybe that's pushing it a little bit, but I'm, I mean, I could probably make a case for that where it's like, it's, it's already got traction. It's already got movement and motion. Like just movies are made differently now than they were right. back then. <clears throat> um, I think you're right about Christopher Reeve. Like he's this, he's this, the Superman. Right. Um, and I would say right next to Tom Welling for me, but then if I say anything about Smallville, you say, no, we're not talking about TV shows, but anyway, <laughs> I didn't talk about it. So you can't talk. <laughs> um, but yes, Christopher Reeve, I love, I love his choices. And there are some movies that he makes that, uh, I'm like, he makes questionable acting choices sometimes, but in this, it's so well thought out. And some things like subtle and you're like, you have to, if you know the storyline, if you're a comic book fan, then you understand what he's doing. If you're not, you get it eventually. Um, he's and the only... It becomes obvious when he rips open his shirt and he's got the big S underneath and like, how does nobody see that? Right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> He's the only actor who's ever sold me on the idea that Clark Kent could not be mistaken easily for Superman. Mm. He's the only one because his mannerisms and everything changed so much from Clark to Superman, his yeah. hair, his just everything changes so much that you, you get it. You understand. Um, so it could, I mean, potentially if somebody doesn't know the plot line of Superman, this is could potentially be a surprise. Yeah. Um, and the reason that they can do that is because this movie is so well-made. So, so the Superman's that were made after, I mean, it's like, you guys know what's going on here. Um, so they have a little bit more to work with. And the reason they do is because of this is because of oh. Superman and like Christopher Reeve. Um, and I like Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. They, they are interesting together. <clears throat> I do but, not like Margot Kidder. That was the one thing I forgot to say. I think she's an awful Lois Lane. I think she's, I think she's a good Lois Lane. Um, as far as like romantic like compatibility I question that but I, I will say the, the scene that I absolutely hate is when he takes her flying and she does that whole like monologue in her head and like it's like it's like half rhyming and like mm -hmm. who wrote that guy it's like you gave I don't know like a pre-k kid yeah. Uh, the opportunity to write some script or something like oh my gosh what is going, is going what's going on here i don't like that part not good <laughs> but anyway the time travel aspect of it <laughs> when he zooms the earth doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me at all because superman is kind of magic-y like he he's he's got powers beyond this world and so we don't have to we don't have to describe it using using our our human uh, you know, whatever understanding because he's but, on this world. But when you scale the power that big, it you get where, where are the stakes? The stakes are gone. There's there's no there's no consequence 
that he can't undo. There's no mistake. Unless there's kryptonite. They give you stakes in the movie, though. They give you. But he even sidesteps that, right? Because he gets out of the kryptonite. He can just turn back time far enough, go back and throw that lead box out of Lex's house if he wants. But he doesn't make that choice. He makes that choice only when it has to do with Lois, who he loves. Too much power. It's it's too much. We're we're big on time songs. Away. <laughs> All right. So that was your week. Yes. Um, and I said my week was Wonder Woman. So I'll move on yes, if that's did. okay. Please do. Okay. So this one was hard because I yes. loved their treatment, DC's treatment of Wonder Woman. Um, it was a studio that is very, very flawed in how they um how they project iconic superheroes. This one was right on the money, but it had to be the weakest for me. Um, even though I found it charming, I found it inspiring, dazzling even. Um, but I do feel like it was a little cheap sometimes, felt a little cheap. Um, and sometimes it felt to me like other superhero films. And that is ultimately why it had to go low. Gal, Gal Gadot, 1000%, that's the right cast. Um, but sometimes to me, it felt like Superman. And sometimes to me, it felt like even like Dark Knight because of the, um, because of the themes that are discussed, like her love of people, that's very Superman-y and -hmm. even Captain America where it's just like virtue, 100% virtue without question. Um, and then there's the, well, people are bad. (laughs) Like that's, there's no escaping that that to me feels like dark night and um and joker's you know case for his chaos is, is this is just how people are um and introduce a little chaos and you know that so that kind of gave aries some power in my mind because it's something that is it's already resonates it already resonates it's already been discussed and though i like those discussions and they worked super well and this is one of dc's finest films 100 percent out of these six films, it has to be my week. Hmm. See, it's interesting. You you talk about the things that it borrows, and I can acknowledge that it takes it takes a page from Superman. I also think it takes a page from Indiana Jones. Uh, it takes a page. I, I didn't see the Dark Knight angle, but I can I can see where you get that from. I think it takes a page from a lot of things, um, but I think that what it gets right is making her simultaneously naive, but wise. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that character that is manages to be feminine and powerful and doesn't lose her femininity as a result of her strength. And d- isn't dumb. And isn't dumb. dumb. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that her victim, right. Um, her, her sense of wonder at her situation and, and that this modern kind of situation that she finds herself in. Um, I think it's all so good. And Gal Gadot, I mean, I, I, I don't think she's assailable as Wonder Woman ever. Like, I don't think you can, you can point at her and, and, cast any aspersion yeah 
She's, um, she's fantastic. Like I said, dazzling. The film is dazzling. And I was watching it. And every single one of those films, I was like, oh, my gosh. What am I going to say? I'm right. going to say against this film. Yeah. And and I, I sympathize with the, the tough call that you had to make there. This one is several notches up higher for me than, than it is for you. Um, but I understand, I understand what you're saying. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Because you you talk about that it's it's kind of like Superman, it's kind of like Batman. But what superhero movie of of these that we've listed isn't kind of like the other? probably the most different out of the bunches into the spider-verse but even that touches on these kind of universal themes that that superhero movies gravitate towards because they speak towards aspiration most Mm -hmm. of the time and human nature and our need to be saved and yeah true somebody somebody has to be the bottom rich and i'm not And you're not going to put Christopher Reeve there. I'm not putting Superman, iconic Superman down there. Understandable. I'm going to do it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. I have a concession we'll talk about in the bonus. I have a concession for that during the bonus. I'll tell you, but anyway, all right, let's move on to on fleek. Then what's your on fleek choice? Everything (laughs) past Christopher Reeve was superman was really hard yeah uh no i i take that back my bottom two were 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 not difficult for me but everything past those was extremely difficult uh but especially my top two but i'm gonna have to give it to iron man Oh, it's so surprising that you said that, Richard. I can't even believe it. <clears throat> okay, my unflick choice. <laughs> I, I sounded so mean when I said that. Yes, you did. Oh, sorry about that. Um, it's just not a surprise. It's not a surprise. And I, I'm not going to knock you on it because uh, I understand. And you shouldn't. I shouldn't. I should knock you on it <laughs> because of the movie is awesome, and because I know you, and I've seen you watch this film. Um, but anyway, my on choice is Into the Spider-Verse. Not a huge surprise for me either. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about Iron Man. Okay. So all of these movies are fantastic. But what I, what I think I like about Iron Man, and if you've heard any episodes of the podcast, if you know me at all, you know that there's a part of me that loves the psychology of a film, the the way that the minds of people work within that framework. And for me, this is a wonderful story of a person who starts at one point and realizes that his life has not been headed in the direction that it should be and works and struggles and strives to make changes that takes him to a different place as a person and therefore transforms everything around him and the good and the bad and the ugly all kind of shake out in his life. Not that he fixes or comes to terms with all of it in this film, but it's so good at giving you this complex character who genuinely believes that he is 
fine, that he's doing the right thing, that his life is going exactly the way that it should and exactly the way that he wants it to. And then something happens and flips it all over for him where he, he realizes he has to make changes. Robert Downey Jr., centerpiece of this film. I mean, come on, let's uh, 10 years worth of Marvel mm-hmm. movies. If you, if you the, weren't a fan of the guy already. He's the centerpiece. Sorry to interject, but he's the centerpiece of this whole list. Right. Is. Like uh, he, he, what he did on Iron Man was transformative, not just for him and his career, but for movies in general. I would say that um, a lot of films and a lot of filmmakers are still chasing that Iron Man magic formula that uh, is is very hard to reproduce. Agree. Um, Agree. Gwyneth Paltrow and he have really fun, good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Bridges is so much better than he needs to be. He could have very easily done this differently, you know, but he's so good. He's so good at playing both sides of, of this character. And he's, uh, he's a very good villain. He's a very good foil in the piece, but honestly, the action, the action's good. It's, it's, it's not the greatest action set pieces on this list, not by a long shot. Um, there are several movies that have much better action sequences in them that are probably a, a lot more thrilling and have a lot more fight choreography or whatever. But the emotional core of this film and the direction that it takes is monumental. And I'm not going to talk about its legacy and what it did beyond itself any more than we already have. But I'm just going to focus on this film and say this was a, a remarkable journey and so funny and so heartfelt and so fun and so exciting. It's just it's it's hard to talk. What way to way to yeah, way to sell it, Richard. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I agree with you on all counts. And I think that the journey is still happening. I think you're right. People are still trying to chase that magic formula that is Iron Man. And I mean, and Robert Downey Jr. I made a list of like my favorite performances out of he's he he made my list for absolute sure. And he stays he stays in that pocket throughout all of the other Marvel films he's in as well. And I know we're not talking about any of those, but he was so strong straight out of the gate, which doesn't always happen when you have somebody play the same character across multiple films. Sometimes they can become a caricature of themselves um, or sometimes they, they lose something or they gain something. It's like, well, well, you're kind of different now. I'm like, okay, we can appreciate our journey. But this guy, he goes on a journey, but he is the same person. You never stop believing that he is Iron Man, <laughs> that he is Tony Stark, that Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. <clears throat> and, you know, that's almost like they planned it out you know mm-hmm. from the beginning of his time in mcu to the end it's it was very capably handled which you cannot say for every character that we run into in the mcu sure but uh his was really well done not to speak again. though though just for one second though mcu is the best studio i can think of that handles continuity but he is the best of the best in terms of continuity. 
Sure. Yes. True. Hey, let's talk about Into the Spider-Verse. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. I've already said this. Watching these films, it was just delightful to see. And every time I watched uh, uh, each of these films, I was like, oh my gosh, how is this not the number one? How is this not number one? How am I going to choose this? And so Into the Spider-Verse continues to be the most surprising film possibly that I have ever seen. If you're, if you're a fan of this podcast, if you've heard, if you've heard us talk, Richard and I both are not people that jive with cartoons very much. And like, we can make a case for cartoons and we can find ones we like and stuff like that. But I will never forget my reaction to seeing this film the, the first time. And because it's the same reaction I have every single time I see it. And that is utter shock at how well it does what it does. It's innovative. It tells a story about a Spider-Man that has been told zillions of times before in book and movie form. And it does it in a new way. And it does it and it does it and it does it with amazing vocal talent that is and characterization and relationships which work way better than they probably should in cartoon form but somehow or another you get this beautiful beautiful family ties with miles morales's family um his dynamic with his mother his father his uncle um himself um i love the multicultural aspect of the film where lots of peoples are represented and even Spider-Man, Spider-People, excuse me, are represented by many people um, <clears throat> and races and genders and uh, animals, <laughs> Nicolas Cage's, I mean, just <laughs> like <laughs> all, all kinds of, of folks. And though like you, you get real emotional resonance and power, even from the bad guy, right. even from Kingpin, who you're like, you're not supposed to relate Steve to this fella. There you go. <laughs> I love him. He's on my short list. All right, we've already talked about him once tonight, <laughs> but he's, oh my gosh, he's brilliant. He's so brilliant. Um, <clears throat> but like, and a lot of times, sorry, sometimes, especially in the MCU, but sometimes there's villains that are like, kind of like throw away. Mm-hmm. They're, they're one and done villains. They're menacing enough Right. They're menacing enough for the film to do the job and then goodbye. Now, uh, Kingpin, he has some history and some weight. And you know that going into it, if you're a comic book fan or if you're paying attention at all um, to the Spider-Man story, you know anything about it. Um, he already has weight and gravity. Um, but this guy in his characterization in Into the Spider-Verse is just phenomenal. You, you, you know, like you're scared of him, but you relate you can relate to him and his, his conflicts. And oh my gosh, he's, he's a guy that makes the wrong choice over and over again and continues to lose what he has in his hands by making this wrong choice. Like as a human, I, I totally, I totally get that. We often lose what we're holding on tightest to, uh, because we don't have the correct, we don't, we're not moving with the correct moral force. Um, 
So just, this is just, like I said, wildly innovative. And if for not for a cartoon, for any kind of film, it hits every single note. And the fact that it does it so well with such power as a cartoon, I think is remarkable. And I'm seeing films that have come after it. And like as innovative as you stated, as Iron Man is, which I 100% agree with you, there's been movies that come out, have come after Spider-Verse that were 100% modeled after Into the Spider-Verse. It just opened up some lanes. It opened up some lanes. And I just think for what it is. No Way uh, Home owes a huge debt to Into the Spider-Verse. I agree with you. And Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange. And yeah. And therefore, uh, probably WandaVision and all yeah, kinds of other things. For so sure, yeah. for sure. It, it allowed them to put their toe in and kind of test out this multiverse idea and see if people would be open to it. Um, it was also, um, and I say this accusingly, the most cowardly way to finally introduce a black Spider-Man because we don't want to take the chance with live action. So we'll, we'll put him in an animated film. Yikes. Which, um Yes, I said it. I threw down that gauntlet. Um, so did Jamie Foxx. So I'm, I'm with good company. Um, is this a knock? Is this a knock for my pick? No, it's not a knock for your pick. It's a knock against the studio, not against your pick. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got on I my soapbox myself there. On this I'm going to get off my soapbox now. I'm going to talk about your movie. Um, I don't disagree, but it's done. It's done. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so good. So much has been said, and rightfully so, about my fondness for Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Are we but, talking about Andrew Garfield right now? But, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually absolutely not talking about Andrew Garfield right now. But I loved Spider-Man when I was just a little, little guy reading comic books, uh, dressing up for him as Halloween, um, playing with the action figures, all that stuff from, from my the youngest I can remember, I have always loved Spider-Man. And as I got older, my love for him um, deepened and increased as I kind of related to him more um, in feeling like an outcast, feeling, you know, those feelings Aww. that a teenager often feels and feeling like you didn't belong. And those are human, um, those human <laughs> things that I think make Spider-Man such a great and relatable character. So by that token, this should be my my favorite film. And there's nothing that I can point at in this movie and say, well, I don't like this or I didn't care for that. I think it handles everything really well. It doesn't diss Peter Parker to build up Miles Morales. It doesn't diss Miles Morales to make Peter Parker look good. It does a great job navigating all these different spider peoples. It does a great job with Aunt May. It, I mean, you, the villains, as you said, there's, there's truly, there's nothing. The, the action is good. The visual stuff is inventive. I can't knock it in any way. And, and yet, when I think about films that hit me where I live, that hit me in my core, this film made me feel things but it did not make me feel to the same extent that I felt when I watched Iron Man or when I watched some of the other films that are on this list that I will talk about in the bonus and not in the main episode, um, which surprised me. I went in thinking that I was going to 
when I sat down to watch it for the first time, even I thought this is going to be my jam. This is going to be my stuff. And it is. And it totally is. So I need to be very careful in how I'm phrasing this because I don't want anyone to come after me. Because I love Superman, this movie. Superman laser beams are actually right forming in my eyeballs right now. Because I love this movie. Um, it is not my week. It's not uh, not by any stretch my week. But it it does not hit me as as much as some of the other films that were on this list. And I don't know why. And I can't tell you why. All I can say is that it didn't. And maybe it's because it's animated. I don't know. I really don't. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't. So this is not me dinging. I can't ding the movie. I absolutely can't. It's a wonderful movie. I think it's great. Um, but it's not, it's not my tops. Just like right. Iron Man is not your tops. Okay, that's great. All right. Thank you. And uh, just one, one last thing. For I, I like how you said thank you. Like, well, I was trying. Thank you, good stuff, you. for respecting my. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you about the yeah. um, the time limit we have. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, just it's it's joyful for me. It's more joyful than any of the other films, and that is like the ultimate reason why it's number one. Because it's yeah. always it's always a surprise. Is it's always a surprise how how good it is. Okay, so. After all of that, and we we have plenty more to say in the bonus, trust that. But let's we gotta rate these. So how about out of 10 comic books? Mm. How do we rate these guys? This art in our Marvel versus DC showdown. 10. Yeah, easily, easily 10. A joyful Even the week, 10. Even the week is iconic, 10. whichever week you want to do, <laughs> sirs or mine. Right. Uh, they're iconic. Well, let me ask you this then. What do you give Marvel's out of 10 versus DC's out of 10? Is that different for you? If I were just rating the Marvel's? Yeah, if you're doing them separately. So um, OCD man, what, what are the three Marvel's again? So if you do Captain America, America. Soldier, Iron Man, Iron man and Into, into the, the Spider-Verse, <laughs> what do you give those? Uh I'd give them a 10 or like a, a 9.9999998 or something like that. Okay. So then Wonder Woman, Superman, Dark Knight. Oh gosh, that Dark Knight. That Dark Knight. He was number two for me. And I, I went back and forth. I really And did. for me. Um, oh, interesting. But that one I probably would would rate more like 9.7. <clears throat> And then, but, but, but Dark when Knight, they combine, but Dark Knight, when they combine, they're they're <laughs> they through the magic up. of math that I apparently neither of us are very good at. Um, <laughs> I would, I would give the, the Marvel side um, probably a 9.95, and I would give the DC side probably a 9.7 ish, just very similar to you. Yeah, there you go. Um, for different reasons, <laughs> but very similar. How do you know they're different reasons? Well, they yeah. are different reasons. All right, so we'll we'll say that in the bonus. 